good afternoon. My name is Dr. Mechtel Rössler from the UNESCO World Heritage Center and... I am Giovanni Boccardi, also working at the World Heritage Center on capacity building and sustainable development. So for us, it's a great pleasure uh, to talk to you uh, today and to contribute to this uh, Cultural Heritage Forum at uh, Oxford on the topic of international uh, collaboration. For us, the World Heritage Convention of 1972 is a very critical tool in international collaboration because it was already, when it was devised, it was a response of the international community and of UNESCO to the destructions of the First and Second World War. And um, as, as a matter of fact, also a response to unparalleled development and that threatened the survival of uh, cultural sites, monuments, but also ecosystems in the 1960s and 70s. Um, it has been a product of intellectual collaboration through an institute in the 1920s, and it is today um, still a very unique tool in bringing together uh, both the safeguarding the heritage of uh, cultural value and natural value in one instrument, and it brings together 190 nations um, which have uh, ratified uh, this convention. Both Giovanni and myself, we are working at the UNESCO uh, World Heritage Center, which is the secretariat. We are supported by independent scientific advisory bodies, uh, IUCN, ECOMOS, and ICROM. And those three bodies, they are mentioned in the convention, and they have all been um, created, actually, by UNESCO. UNESCO has led in the past a number of other uh, cultural heritage initiatives, which you may know, including international safeguarding campaigns of the 1960s and 70s, which were a useful prototype for UNESCO uh, World Heritage uh, Corporation later on. So we uh, very much welcome this series of fora um, complemented by teaching at the doctoral a level and we welcome research and uh, the opportunity uh, for such an exchange uh, with you. Um, let me just briefly inform you that the World Heritage Center works specifically with a number of university programs focusing on World Heritage. Giovanni will uh, further uh, comment on this, but we started this with a cooperation with the University of Cottbus in 1998 and then Dublin to Reno and another um, a number of UNESCO uh, chairs. So Mr. Bucardi will uh, shortly present the broader context of capacity building at the moment um, here from UNESCO's point of view. Let me just briefly point out that UNESCO's mandate in the field of culture is very broad. We work on museums, we have a number of uh, cultural heritage conventions, not only the 72 convention, but also the 54 convention on heritage in the times of armed conflict. There is also a lot of synergies between those. We have also re fairly new conventions like the 2001 convention on underwater cultural heritage, 2003 convention on the safeguarding of intangible cultural heritage and the 2005 convention on cultural expressions. Uh, we think that we should place culture at the heart of uh, development policy because it's a crucial investment in the world's future and a precondition to successful globalization processes that take into account um, principles of cultural diversity. So it's UNESCO's mission to remind us all of this major issue. 
Um, for us, development is not synonymous with economic growth alone, because for us it's more the satisfactory uh, intellectual, emotional, moral, and spiritual existence of people. So in this sense, development for us is not se separable from uh, culture. And uh, strengthening the contribution of culture to sustainable development uh, is a goal that was already launched in connection <coughs> with the World uh, Decade uh, for Cultural Development, which was from 1988 to 1998. Ever since, there has been progress made, as I said, with the standard setting instruments in the field of culture and also with tools which help um, state parties, but also other actors, uh, such as the cultural statistics, inventories, regional and national mapping of cultural resources, for example. In this regard, the major challenge for us at UNESCO is also to convince political decision makers and local, national and international social actors to integrate principles of cultural diversity and the values of cultural pluralism to, into public policies, uh, mechanisms and practices, also through uh, specific public and private partnerships. Now, uh, by contributing in this way, uh, we will do a lot uh, for poverty alleviation. And I think that culture offers in important benefits in terms of social cohesion. So this was my brief introduction. I turn over to Mr. Bucardi for the capacity building programs. Thank you, Mathilde, and um, hello, everyone. Sorry for not being able to be with you in person. My task here is to briefly um, introduce the capacity building uh, strategy within the World Heritage Convention. Uh, this is a document that was adopted uh, a couple of years ago by the World Heritage Committee that uh, followed um, another document that was adopted 10 years uh, before called the training strategy. So uh, why, uh, first of all, this uh, shift from training to capacity building? Well, the explanation uh, um, is uh, due to uh, the changes that have uh, occurred uh, over those 10 years in the environment surrounding world heritage and its conservation, characterized by three main factors. First of all, the emergence of a number of uh, new issues and themes that um, affect the state of conservation of world heritage properties, mostly related to uh, processes that are external to the boundaries of the site and the capacities of their managers to do anything about it. Uh, the second uh, factor is the um, entry into world heritage of a number of new players, including regional institutions uh, working in capacity building. And finally, uh, of course, the technological revolution uh, related to IT that over the past 10 years has uh, completely changed the way people uh, access information and learn. Um, <clears throat> now, in the face of uh, these changes, uh, it was, of course, necessary to adapt and respond. So this new capacity building strategy um, has uh, sort of uh, three uh, new ways of working. Instead of focusing on training uh, professionals, practitioners, uh, it um, tries to, of course, strengthen knowledge, abilities and skills of a number of uh, people, including practitioners, but also improve uh, institutional structures and processes. So 
it also targets institutions, decision makers, policy makers, and finally it also aims at introducing a more dynamic and positive relationship between heritage and its context. And in that sense, one of its uh, three target audiences is the civil society and the public at large. Uh, now, I won't go too much into details because all of this is, of course, accessible in uh, the documents which are on our website. I just want to pause a moment uh, uh, to follow on what Mechtild has said on uh, some of our main partners in this uh, endeavors. The, UNESCO chairs, so universities that have uh, made an agreement, a formal agreement with UNESCO to uh, conduct research activities and capacity building programs in areas related to world heritage. There are currently about uh, 20 all over the world, uh, including several in Europe. Uh, and then in addition to those, uh, the Category 2 centers, which are institutions that uh, work at a regional or sub-regional level, sometimes global, and that also have undertaken an agreement with UNESCO, but are not part of UNESCO. Uh, there are currently eight of them working on World Heritage specifically, uh, two of which, uh, three of which, I'm sorry, in Europe. One is the Nordic World Heritage Foundation, based in uh, Norway. Uh, another one is uh, in uh, Italy, in Turin, and it's uh, specifically uh, specialized in uh, the economics of uh, heritage. And uh, finally, there is one in Spain that uh, deals with uh, uh, rock art and world heritage conservation. Uh, now, um, I would like to turn back the floor to my colleague Mechtild to uh, say some conclusive remarks, maybe. Thanks a lot, uh, Giovanni. We would be also happy to um, have a further exchange with you if you have any questions. But uh, in addition to what Giovanni has said, um, our collaboration with the universities and those Category 2 centers insist, um, um, concentrates also um, in terms of what our research needs are. And uh, this is an appeal we would like to make. We have, um, from time to time, very specific needs where we need focused research at universities uh, on themes which are relevant to you and to us, actually. And this may, in your case, um, include assistance for specific sites in the UK on best practice management or on other specific themes which may emerge, such as, for example, the topic of integrity, the notion of integrity for cultural heritage, which is still until today not fully defined in the operational guidelines. We are working currently on issues related to visual integrity, uh, especially in cities and uh, historical urban uh, landscapes. So there are huge research desiderata there uh, which are relevant for states parties, for local municipalities, uh, other organizations, um, and they may need uh, your help. And uh, I'm glad that Mr. Young is with you um, at this forum. Uh, who will be able to provide you with specific examples, maybe from the UK where uh, research is needed, so that you can further reflect on research themes which may uh, be uh, both appropriate for the university and for our customers, that means our state parties, our site managers and the uh, global world heritage community as a whole. 
So um, in closing, I would like uh, to thank you for having taken the time to listen to Giovanni and me. And on behalf of UNESCO, we are very pleased uh, to have such a cooperation and such an exchange. Thank you very much.